This is the Child Consumption Podcast powered by Awana. My name is Ross Cochran, and I am very glad that you are here. Uh, I am joined by Matt Markins today. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Ross, so good to be with you. Now, Matt, this is actually our season finale, season four, believe it or not. And uh, for those of you who have listened since the beginning, thank you. And if this is actually your first episode, you've picked a very good one because on a very regular basis, Matt, you and I'd like to get together and have these conversations, not only about what you see um, and your unique seat as president and CEO of Awana, but also from someone who you've devoted so much of your career to child discipleship specifically, that I think there is a lot that people gain every time we have a conversation. So I want to dive into a couple things that I think are top of mind for you, but I also think are going to resonate with folks who are listening. So the first thing is, I just had this conversation with my wife, Lauren, which is we were coming out of spring break and we had this moment of, oh, right, like we got to get into routine again. Right. And it felt good to get back into normal. Um, and we got really young kids, but yeah. How important is it when we have this conversation about child discipleship to make sure that we get the, the rhythm, right? Some of the, maybe some of the, not like the exciting stuff, but some of the more important kind of structure of this conversation. Well, I don't know if you're like our family, but if, you know, occasionally in life you get these big ideas, right? Like, like, Hey, we're going to go on this big health nut craze, or we're going to become like a hiking family, or we're going to, we're going (laughs) to kayak or, you know, whatever it is, we're going to go across country. So those last two have never happened to us, but I I take your point. Yeah. Yeah. So in life we, we get on these kicks and so, you know, we, we go and we get the workout gear, we get the new shoes, we get the, the outfits and we get the gym, the club membership, but we change nothing else in our life. And all of a sudden we're like, why am I not taking advantage of the club member? Why, you know, all, all of these goals that we have, they just don't actually come to fruition. And a lot of that's because we're not changing the rest of our system, right? Like you can get the, the gym membership, the shoes, the gear, you know, the health shakes the you know, all the, all the good, healthy food, but if we're not changing our other systems around us, those things are just simply not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so discipleship in our home is really no different, right? Like we want to do, we have these visions and dreams, things we want to do to disciple our own children. But if, you know, the, the Netflix binge, having our face in Instagram and the the really overcrowded schedule and all these things going on in our lives, if none of those other things change, then our vision and our dream to become that disciple making home oftentimes just doesn't come to fruition in the way that we want it to. Yeah, it's amazing, too, how quickly we can fall out of rhythm. I'm curious for you how you re- how you've maybe even seen that in your own life or how how you help families who are connected to Awana or connected to you and Katie sure. stay in rhythm because you know we were in Galena, Illinois for a few days and on spring break for two weeks, like I said, and just getting the kids ready for school today felt like an Olympic adventure. Well, it starts with a couple words. It starts with a dream and it starts with the calendar. So let's start with the dream. Every parent. So, so we have two boys and you guys have uh, a few children. So you have two kids, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So every family, you know, you're looking at your own situation. I know, I know one of my good buddies has four children. Uh, my brother has, has four. Another friend of mine has six. And so uh, you, you look at each one of your kids and you ask yourself, like, what's my dream for my child? So I'm going to talk about my own boys, Warren and Hudson. Katie and I, years ago, we we sat down together and we painted a picture of who do we want them to become when they're 25, 35, 45. We, and we really kind of articulated and painted that picture. So that's become our goal that we're working toward and forming our children. Now, now there's no guarantees, Ross. Like you do, you do your best as a parent to form them and to disciple them and to, you know, to coach them and mentor them as a parent, but you really pray and you trust God in that process. But sitting back and t- taking the time to articulate what that dream looks like is really important because then you can base all of your you know all of your actions all of all of your aiming so to speak toward that goal so so for example Katie and I when the boys were little uh, we decided you know not only do we want our sons to be faithful church attendees but we wanted them to be thriving disciples of Jesus Christ that was like number one center of the target. We want our boys to pursue Christ, be in relationship with him, uh, faithfully serve him to be the kind of men that are engaging his word, but also engaging the community with compassion and the truth of the gospel, et cetera. So as a parent, when you, when you articulate what that vision and that dream is for your child, that gives you a daily reference point to say, this is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm praying for. It's what my heart desire. So that's the dream piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece is the calendar. So if that's the dream that I'm aiming for, you know, God's kind of divided how we spend our time by months and weeks and days and so on and so forth, seven days a week, right? So I I would encourage a parent to say, hey, if that's the goal you're aiming for, your number one resource is is your time, right? We all have the same amount of time each day, each week, each month. And so as we think about how do I form my children, how do I disciple them? A lot of that has to do with the amount of time we invest in, in relationship with them and, and all of the other components that are shaping them, the activities they're involved in, our local church experience, et cetera. So I would look at that calendar and say, hey, if, if this is my dream of who I want my child to become, well, then how should we spend our time each week to invest in them? Uh, casual time, informal time at home, in our in our own neighborhood, uh, with family and with friends. Is there time built in for that, or is every kind of every square second, so to speak, if every second of the day is pre-scheduled and all these other things, we might discover there's not really a lot of time for shaping the faith of our children. And so, if I'm a parent, I'm not only thinking of that dream. I'm thinking, how can I? re kind of rewire my weekly calendar, my monthly calendar to make sure that I'm making time for discipleship in the home. Hmm. It's interesting because my wife and I recently, a few months ago now, but we recently came out of a season of church hunting and even just the simple act of having a church home, right? Which is a basic thing that it's become unfortunately less basic that simple, just on a Sunday morning, we knew where we were going. I can see, particularly in my seven-year-old, how much of a difference this made in her discipleship. She now knows what to expect. She knows yeah. what, what she's walking into. And I feel like 
it may feel like you're just putting something in a calendar, but it really makes a difference, particularly in the life of a child. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you, though, you know, your boys are older, but you and Katie, had, I happen to know this. You guys had that conversation a long time ago. And I think it's important for people to know there's no such thing as ha- having that dream conversation too early. No. You need to start that now. Absolutely. One of the major initiatives that we were able to do in 2022 for Awana was we partnered with the Barna Group in a project that was called the Children's Ministry in a New Reality, which was this large research project that you and I had several conversations about. Now, something that you and I haven't talked about specifically on the podcast in a while is what we around here have referred to as this stalemate. Can you let folks know about what we, what we mean when we refer to the stalemate? And why it matters so much when we're talking about this conversation about rhythms and systems and how that plays into the heart of Awana and child discipleship. Well, the stale, when we talk about the stalemate, uh, we're talking about the different expectations of the church and the home. Uh, the church and the home are at a stalemate. Uh, when you look across the United States, uh, what are the church's expectations of discipleship of the child? The church's expectation is that dis- discipleship is happening in the home. 95% of children's ministry leaders say parents are the primary spiritual influence over their kids. Now, the home, on the other hand, is pretty split. The data shows that about half of parents think the church is responsible, about the other half think that they're responsible. So, so the church and the home are really not on the same page with who's responsible for discipling our children. So so we are at a stalemate. And, and so part of the reason that that rhythms and systems is so important is because, you know, kind of like our high, our, our health nut illustration at the beginning, we might, we might want to go on this health kick, but if we haven't rewired our weekly system to be able to support that and accomplish those things, we're just trying to add on another thing. That's probably not really going to get the support. So the importance of rhythms and systems in the stalemate conversation is that churches are looking to parents to disciple their children, but those rhythms and systems are just simply not there. Why? Because the parents are so busy running children from one activity to the next. Uh, we've got a, a, a family that's overwhelmed with digital and screen technology. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why the family rhythms and systems are not really built for discipleship. So before we go to discipleship, it's about how do we rewire those rhythms and systems? And the last one I would mention there, Ross, um, is relationships. I, as a parent, not only uh, am I dreaming of that distant future and understanding what I'm aiming for with forming my children, not only am I evaluating our weekly calendar, but I also want to like look around and say, what, what other loving, caring adults For my two sons, for example, what other loving, caring adults do I want investing in them? What three, four, or five other men and women who are in their circle of influence that I've sort of like built a team around Warren and sort of built a team around Hudson? These are the men and women I call when they're hitting their highs and their lows to say, hey, could you reach out to Warren this week? He had a super rough time with the situation. Or, hey, Hudson just got a new job or he got a promotion. Could you could you reach out to him and celebrate with him? So in, our, in terms of our rhythms and systems of helping the home prepare to be a disciple-making home, we got to have that dream. We got to own the calendar or it will own us. And we really need to build the circle of relationships around our kids. Those other loving, caring adults 
who are going to be a part of their discipleship team. That's that's really the home building in those rhythms and systems. So we're ready to be disciple making parents. Because I think what's so critical about the the methodical order in which you're laying this out is I say this all the time on this podcast, but the fact that you are still listening to me, listener, tells me that you have a similar heart to Matt and I. You are invested in, in this conversation. And I know that because otherwise you wouldn't be listening. It's one of my favorite part about hosting a podcast. So I know at least that much about you. I know that our hearts are unified in this. But we have to establish these habits. We have to be able to make sure that we are connected on this. Otherwise, we will not see the fruit that we want mm. to see. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, Matt, you know, you are someone who, forgive the cliched expression, has walked the walk, but you are also someone who is in this position of leading Awana and having to navigate this ministry. How have you seen the conversation change on a more broader global sense? You've talked about an overscheduling of parents. You've talked about screen discipleship, but for a children's ministry leader, what are some of the challenges that have created some of that gap uh, with their parents? I think, you know, I, we do quite a bit of research at Awana. We were in the process of commissioning our ninth and 10th research project right now over the course of the last decade. And I, what, what the data is, what we're learning from the data is that children's ministry leaders at large, we, we grabbed onto the sound bites of parents are the primary spiritual influences over their children. But in terms of actually converting that into equipping training and equipping energy um we're 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 sort of off balance if you will meaning parents are receiving that sound by hey parents you're responsible to disciple your your children what parents are not getting in an equitable way is the amount of equipping that says hey my my church has adequately equipped me to disciple my children now before you get defensive if i'm a local church leader might be like wait a second i've done a lot to equip my families what we've learned when we drill in and keep asking more questions is the church has done a good job of resourcing parents, but handing parents resources and actually equipping them are really two separate pieces of the conversation. Before we go any further, I need to talk to y'all about Bright. Those of you who know Awana know that we develop curriculum, but before the team made Bright, they asked leaders in child discipleship what the most important thing was to them in a curriculum. 67% of respondents said that a curriculum that is biblically based is the most important factor in choosing resources. I'm not that good at math, but that's two-thirds of people agreeing on something. This biblical foundation is what our kids need, and with a bright subscription, you get a year of child discipleship curriculum that includes lessons that teach the gospel each week while following a chronological scope and sequence that starts with creation, teaches the fall, reveals redemption, and looks forward and upward to restoration. And with Bright, it's easier because everything you need is in one spot. Each Bible lesson is brimming with options for use in both large and small group child discipleship. You'll find high-energy, teacher-led activities in media for a large group and age-appropriate scripture. You won't find yourself just teaching Bible stories. You'll be teaching the story of the Bible and scriptures that kids will commit to memory and take to heart. Subscribe to Bright this month with code DISCIPLE and get 25% off a full year of curriculum. Learn more at brightcurriculum.com. 
And so when we drill down on equipping, the amount of hours that's actually spent, whether it's weekly or monthly or quarterly, uh, in, in actually equipping parents is, is pretty low. And so we're actually going to release more of that over the course of the next year. So how have we arrived here? We've, we've really done a great job of messaging parents, you're responsible. What we haven't done so well at is the equipping piece. And so for the next season ahead for the church, we see a big part of where children's ministry is going is continuing to provide, you know, making children's ministry the best hour of a child's week as we've, we've, we've been doing a great job of that over the last couple of decades, but we've got to move into more equipping with parents and find creative ways of engaging them. Cause when we, when you're equipped, that's multi-sensory, you're kind of doing some role play. You're learning how to use the skills of talking to my child. And how do I talk about my faith? How do I, how do I exhibit humility and forgiveness when I've just blown it as a parent, like these things, training and equipping is more whole person involved, as opposed to a resource is just handing them a digital resource or a physical resource. So training and equipping and resourcing are two, really two separate pieces of the overall challenge. Yeah. And just to echo what you said, I think it's important. We exist as a partner to the local church. So whenever we are talking about this as commentary, we yeah. have walked with, as a one, we have walked oh, with you for 70 plus years yep. and have made, we've been with the same, we've made the same mistakes. We have uh, celebrated the same successes throughout certainly. our entire history. So, so the posture is like, these are, these are the things that we are all discovering together. That's really the posture of what we're sharing here. Matt, you and I have had many of these conversations before. And one of the things that you've said is the issues facing today's child are like waves crashing on them. And when I think about that picture, that means that they're never going to stop. The waves are just going to keep coming. And there's a part of that that can feel really disheartening if I'm trying to stand with today's kids. But how am I, as someone who wants to stand with them, who wants to disciple today's kids, how are we at Awana coming alongside the loving, caring adults of this generation um, to disciple them and help shape this generation of kids to love Jesus for the rest of their lives? What are some of those practical next steps we're taking? Well, as you mentioned, Ross, the, the you know, the, the waves in the ocean, they, they don't stop. They're going to, they're going to keep coming. And it's our job as parents to help our children to thrive in the midst of those waves. Right? So we think of the biblical frame of Daniel, Daniel uh, grew up, uh, in the Jewish system up to a certain age, but then he's kind of, you know, pushed out into Babylon, into a very secular culture. And so what do we know about secularism? Sec secularism in the beginning, we go back to Genesis chapter three, we see Adam and Eve, humankind, trusting ourselves and not trusting God. As a result of that separation, the whole history, global history of secularism is essentially a man-centered renewal project. In other words, we have this problem. This problem is sin and death, and we need some kind of renewal to help solve all of our problems. And so secularism is a renewal project without God. That's what secularism is. Hmm. And so when we look at the major challenges of today that are waves that just keep coming and coming, uh, we see big you, you use the term big and scary. We see big and scary issues facing our children. If we were to go and scroll the headlines right now on the, all the major news sites, uh, we, we would see a theme of like uh, sexuality and gender. Like, mm -hmm. And we'd see a theme of these 
topics are being discussed in classrooms and in school board meetings and in PTA, PTA public forums where parents are talking about these issues with great concern. Those issues are no longer far removed from children. We're talking about in the classroom, right? So those those are waves that just keep coming. And so uh, what what we've been doing at Awana is really partnering with people like Dr. Carl Truman. Uh, Ross is going to drop into the show notes a three-part teaching series we've created for your family and for your church to face this big, scary issue of of uh, you know gender a uh, gender confusion and how can we in a biblical way go back to the truth of the gospel go back to the bible and resource today's parents on how to help children navigate uh, this crazy culture where these waves just don't stop so that that's one of those big and scary issues uh but we don't want you as a church leader as a parent to 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 try to uh sustain the power of those waves alone. We've created this resource uh, by Dr. Carl Truman uh, for you to help equip your parents to help them stand resilient in their faith and and to help uh, disciple their child in the midst of all of this cultural confusion. And another one of those waves, Ross, those big and scary waves is, you know, school shootings. Like that's, this is horrific evil stuff that's happening in our culture. And they're, you know, our kids are coming home and they're asking questions like, how do I, how do I wrap my mind around this? Or what am I supposed to do about suffering and evil? So our team has created a guide on how to talk to your child about suffering. When, when bad things happen to good people, how do we help children biblically and really compassionately, how do we how do we come alongside of them to help them? So we've created that resource for your church and for your family as well. But we also have a gender conversation guide for parents, an identity. We also have an, an anxiety guide for parents. All of these resources are built for your children's ministry, for your church, to where you can pass these along to families. Because these are the wave, these are those big scary issues that are like those waves that don't stop. But you don't have to suffer through this alone. You don't have to tread water, you know, to try to keep uh, your head above the water line. We want to come alongside of you. So let's think about kind of what we've been talking about. We were talking about uh, the rhythms and systems of the home. Uh, we we want to help you to help your parents, like how to create a culture and environment in our home to where we can have discipleship so that these kind of practical resources that we've talked about that are absolutely free can fit right into your local church context and your family context where you can disciple your children fruitfully and faithfully in today's age. Yeah. And also to something you said earlier, are actually equipping, right? You know, you may hand a resource that your parents don't use because it doesn't actually fit a need. Some of these conversations might actually feel overwhelming. And the goal in our heart here is that it actually feels really approachable. One of the things that I love so much about what the teams, the multiple teams that have created these multiple resources that, as Matt said, go through a variety of issues from a variety of perspectives um, with biblical conviction, they all come at this from a perspective of you can do this wherever you're at with this conversation. You can lean into this because, again, where where I said beginning, you still want to be listening to Matt and I talk if you weren't invested in the conversation for the sake of the child. 
Yeah, you, again, you use that term big and scary. You know, what we see in the news headlines is a lot of fear and anger and division. What these resources do, uh, sort of like Jesus walking slowly through the crowd, is it says, let's take a deep breath. Let's let's get time to get equipped. These are very practical resources that can help families, parents and grandparents to break these concepts down in a way that are very understandable, rooted in scripture, and are going to help you disciple your child and grandchild in the world that they're living in to help them thrive in their faith. Now, like I said at the very beginning, this is the season finale of this podcast. Um, We're going to be back for a season five soon. We may pop up a little bit uh, over the spring, but the rest of the spring and the early summer, I should say. But the other thing that we want to do to help build that community, help you feel like you're not alone, is we create these regular gatherings, one of which is the Child Discipleship Forum. And I said at the very beginning of this conversation, that is, if this is your first episode, you picked a good one. But if this is their first episode, Matt, that means that they haven't necessarily heard about the CDF. Can you help people understand what the Child Discipleship Forum is and how they can learn more about it? The Child Discipleship Forum is the national gathering place for those who are concerned about the faith formation of our children. We're going to be answering two key questions. The first one is, what are the, what are the dominant cultures of today and how are these cultures forming our children? You know, it's been said, it's not a matter of, are your children being discipled, but who or what is discipling your kids? So whether it's screens or their peers or the, what, what they're getting from culture at large, they're being formed, right? So the question is then, well, that leads right into the second question that we ask at this at this annual convention, this annual gathering, is uh, what are the primary factors that are known to form lasting faith in children? And in our churches, in our homes, how can we focus more intentionally on those? So when you, when you look at the two questions side by side, you've got cultural formation of children and the faith formation of children. This is what the Child Discipleship Forum is all about. And we're not we're not just gathering, just you and I, we're bringing leaders from all across the country and churches can hop on online. So if you're in, if you're in Portland or if you're in Sacramento or Denver and you don't want to travel all the way to Nashville, you can watch it in your conference room at your church. You could host an event at your church or you can watch it as an individual or hop on a plane, come to Nashville, drive to Nashville. That would be a great time spending the time together. We would love to see you, and I look forward to many more of these conversations in the future. Uh, So Matt, thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Those of you who are listening, thank you for listening and the support through the four seasons. We look forward to many more to come, and we'll talk to all of you again real soon. As a child disciple maker, you know how it feels for a child or teen to come to you and ask a deep, difficult question, and you feel totally unprepared to answer it. The mission of ChildDiscipleship.com is to equip leaders and parents to disciple the kids in their sphere of influence in those exact moments. Whether they're in your church, your home, or your community, these resources will connect you to the transforming truth of the gospel so that you can consistently walk alongside the kids and teens in your life to help them become resilient disciples. 
When you have the privilege, as you do, of walking alongside a child desiring to follow after Jesus, childdiscipleship.com is here to give you the confidence you need to focus on relationship centered on the ways of Jesus. Check out childdiscipleship.com and start having deeper, formative conversations with the kids and teens in your life today. Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening.